0: Welcome to Nerd Sports. Today we're going to talk about cornfields. From what oh. Johnny told me.
1: Oh yes, yeah, cornfields. Uh, last week on Thursday was the Field of Dreams game. That was a, a year late because of COVID. Da, da, da. Um.
0: Wait a minute. Wait. <coughs> I I got I got cornfield stuff pulled up. Let me change this stuff out real quick.
1: <laughs>
0: I I misjudged. Agriculture said,
1: has just very little to do with it. You
0: basically just told me it was uh, a cornfield game. I heard cornfield in there. I guess my uh, dyslexia hit up again to the wrong in this one.
1: <laughs> All right, so, um, yeah, the, 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 the Field of Dreams game. It Two words, magical and perfection is the only words that you can use to describe this game.
0: I mean, they did... Uh, and, yes, I actually did a little bit more research. They did, like, five million billion to produce this game.
1: Yeah, they, they went and they, they built this field. It is a permanent fixture now. Yeah. Um, the, the, the original field is still up, and it's uh, by the original farmhouse, which is rentable by the weekend for, like, $2,300, I think. But you get... Full access to the house and use of the field for an entire weekend. And to me, 2300 bucks, yeah, that's totally worth it, just to go out and have a game of catch. Hey, if, if you're into that
0: stuff, and yeah, there's certain things that I really don't get into that you do get into, and I'll still go with you because, you know, it's something to say. It's like, oh, I've done this. It's like, yeah, I, that, that's
1: cool. Well, I mean, think this. about it. They made this movie 30 years ago, and this movie has literally stood the test of time. I mean, it is still a
0: favorite. They don't make movies like
1: this anymore. They back don't. In the, back, back in the 80s, they
0: really did have a lot of movies that it it's the test of time. Yeah. It, it will always, I mean, if it comes on, you, you watch it.
1: Now, movies nowadays, I mean, you, you see them, and they've got a lot of the great special effects, the CGI, everything's on point. But, um, you know, it, it's as soon as the next the next uh the next latest and greatest in cgi comes out that movie's forgotten
0: about it's kind of cookie cutter really
1: it is but uh, I, I wrote something here uh for that game so i'm gonna go ahead and let's get and into this time here. for david to zone out <laughs> zone out <laughs> well yeah because you know you've already heard it because i read it to you beforehand so i, I liked it
0: it it's a very good uh, eye opener and heartfelt
1: yeah so was it heaven or was it as close as we will get on this earth a field built from scratch capable of holding less than 8000 people placed in the middle of a cornfield mere feet from the original movie set set in the same field this was the field of dreams game the afternoon sky looked as if it were painted by god himself the corn stalks swayed in the afternoon breeze not a single not a better script could have been written for the stage that was about to embark upon a magical journey that took the spectators both in person and in radio and TV alike back in time. The Chicago White Sox and the New York Yankees strode out from the cornfield from behind Kevin Costner. It was beautifully done and one of the few things that Major League Baseball has done right this year. Words could not do justice to the nostalgia and the poetic perfection that the game was due. In an era where the commissioner and the rules committee seemed to cloud up the game that we love, this game was the picture of perfection. The soundtrack from the movie provided the emotional backdrop for this long-awaited dream. Home runs that disappeared into the corn, and the ultimate culmination of the walk-off home run shot by Tim Anderson of the White Sox showed why this game must be protected from unnecessary rule changes and overcomplication through computers and looming strike or robotic strike zones this game was pure. Both teams walked out from the, onto the field from the Cornstalks wearing un, uh, uniforms thrown, thrown back to the 1919 season. The simplicity of the uniforms was a welcome calling card from an era gone by when things in the game and in the world were simpler. We didn't have to worry about the sticky stuff or spin rates. We didn't worry about launch angles or 300 plus million dollar contracts this game was supposed to be a promise fulfilled by Major League Baseball, but it transcended into something much larger. It became the stark reminder of what our game used to be and needs to become again. The simple perfection of the game is something that is complex and yet incredibly simple to understand. The game takes on many forms across our great country. Sandlot games, open fields, purpose-built diamonds, one-way streets, and even backyards. All iterations of this game, our game, gives us refuge from the world around us and the turmoil that boils just beneath the surface of our everyday lives. If you build it, they will come. Major League Baseball built it, and the fans of our great game did in fact come. They tuned in, and they listened. Ray, people will come, Ray. They'll come to Iowa for reasons that they can't even fathom. They'll turn up your driveway, not knowing for sure why they're doing it. They'll arrive at your door, as innocent as innocent as children longing for the past. Of course, we don't mind. If you look around, you'll say, it's only $20 per person. They'll pass over the money without even thinking about it, for it's money they have and peace they lack. And they'll walk out to the bleachers and sit in shirt sleeves on a perfect afternoon, they'll find that they've reserved seatings or reserved seating somewhere along one of the baselines where they sat when they were children and cheer, cheered their heroes. And they'll watch the game and it'll be as if they dipped themselves in magical waters. The memories will be so thick that they'll have to brush them away from their faces. People will come, Ray. And the one constant through all the years has been baseball. America has rolled by like an army of steamrollers it's been erased like a blackboard and rebuilt and erased again but baseball has marked the time this field this game it's part of our past Ray it reminds us of all that was once good and could be again oh people will come Ray people will most definitely come and the only thing left to ask was as Kevin Costner asked is this heaven while well, the movie script stated that it was just Iowa, this game, this afternoon, was in fact heaven.
0: That was great and wonderful. Now, <laughs> now, it's going, so, n- now so, going off of uh, so the like, new the news of this one, <laughs> oh my crap, dude. <clears throat> that was good. <clears throat>
1: <laughs> that was great it. and wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> that was great and
0: wonderful? I don't know how to it. It's one of those things you just can't really say uh, say anything, you know, just expounding to that. You're like, uh, what do I say after? Uh, it was great and wonderful. Yay. At least I didn't do it like that. And just Because that was a really good uh, – you took your time. It, it really worked out. It was a really good speech. But, no, uh, <laughs> to get on the uh, – Uh, The news of this, uh, the the White Sox did beat the uh, uh, New York Yankees uh, in that game.
1: So as of right now, the Yankees are the only Major League Baseball team to lose in the state of Iowa. So
0: wait until next year.
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, when the, the when the Reds and, and the Cubs and, play, yeah.
0: If at any time uh, point in time you're interested in going to this game next year, it is fourteen hundred dollars to go to the game. Whew. Yeah, yeah, the tickets are fourteen hundred dollars. And uh, another another thing, notable thing they did when they're out in the field, they grabbed the corn and started eating it. And it's not sweet corn; it's uh, feed corn. Yeah, so it has no real flavor to it or anything like that. So, yeah, <laughs> you spit it right back out as soon as they ate it.
1: But that'll teach them because, you know, it's like you're screwing with somebody's crops at that point. I mean, I get it. It's maybe an ear or two, maybe five years, six years of corn, you know. Because I mean, not everybody's going to be like, oh, well, maybe it'll taste different for me. But, you know, there was one thing that I saw. Um, there were some Yankees pitchers that had an ear of corn in their hand, standing on the pitcher's mound, and they were like, you know, Doing mock pitches with a, cor- you know, corn cob in their hand. I'm sitting there going, yeah, "I,"
0: it, it was entertaining. I mean, you had to look at that that aspect, and the actual guy that played the father of Kevin Costner's character, uh, Dwyer Brown, he goes there almost constantly just to yeah. do uh, uh, charity events and whatnot. Yeah. And he, he, he bought like a little uh, uh, business uh, for the town. And by the way, if you actually go uh, get a chance to go out there and everything, we're talking about almost nothing there.
1: Yeah, Dyersville, Iowa. That is, I mean, when when, when Hollywood came and it was like, hey, we want to film a movie out of here. Here's what we want to do. If I remember right, they, they almost got laughed out of town yeah but you know once 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 the city council came in and said you know what all right somebody's just got to donate the land and the the farmer that used to own that land at least that section of land he made out pretty well oh yeah and the the farmhouse has had it since it it's changed hands a couple of times um there was a woman uh, who did own the farmhouse and, and the, the original baseball field. Um, because after, you know, like 20 years or so, the the field had grown over and they replanted corn. So they went out, she paid, and rebuilt the field to the specifications of the movie set. And um, the Little Leaguers in that area, they play on I that field. I bet that would be awesome. No, they play on that field, like literally. Um and I mean dudes are hitting home runs. I mean, little guys are hitting home runs into the corn. And I mean it's just it's just absolutely mind blowingly cool. But um but yeah, like I stated at the at the top of the of the episode, it's uh it uh you know, 2500 bucks for a weekend to just kind of soak in that atmosphere. I mean you're out in the middle of nowhere. absolutely nothing to do the general store i'm sure has been modernized at this point but it's still just a general store for feed and seed and stuff like that and you got those old timers that are sitting around chewing on a on a block of chaw and you know spitting into spittoons or you know whatever it is that they're doing now that would would be hilarious it would be that i mean that's that
0: that's wild west stuff yeah it would now do we want to go uh keep up with uh baseball news or do you want to skip over because i really want to do this story probably you want to do it last part of it because it's really messed up
1: yeah well uh yeah i
0: just did uh sent you
1: uh yeah i'll check it out in here just a second all right so something that i do want to bring up that is just another reason why i love this game as much as i do um let me see if I can find it here. I did have it. Where well, we w-
0: while you're looking at that, Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Washington football team narrows the list of possibility new names down to three finals. Now, they didn't give any kind of spoilers of what actually they are going to actually have. But uh, they're narrowing it down to three, and it only took them like almost uh, a year and a half to get a new name. Because they don't want to associate with the Washington Redskins because apparently the woke crowd just – Wants to get their claws into everything that they think is. I, to me, it's just the basic fact of it's just a couple of rich white women that think they know best for everybody else.
1: Yeah, well, you know, not not to. Add, well, yeah, I'm totally intentionally adding that 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 local you know flair for the dramatic here, but uh, a couple of rich white women, you know, on the school board for for the new schools that we've got coming into town. They don't want anything to do with the previous names for any of the high schools that are here. Instead, they want to go with something new. Oh, we want to start a new tradition, start over from scratch. Like, how about a whole lot of no? Yeah, it, anyway, go ahead.
0: I, I, want, I want it to be the one for community, and I want the logo to be the one from community, which just <laughs> <Right. laughs> looks like a starfish. When I buy my starfish, I mean butthole. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> or even or even go with uh, accepted. The shitheads? Yes, yeah. South Harmon Institute of Technology made it shitheads. Right, yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: That I, w- I, w- I would pay good money. I'd just go to the things like, the shithead <laughs> fine. Hell yeah, let's go.
1: Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. absolutely. Mm, let me see here. But in other news... What was that other latest thing? Uh, Brett Favre is actually doing a no-tackle football for kids under 14. (laughs) I'm sorry. What?
1: That just seems kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, That seems kind of appropriate considering Brett Favre is broke down. He's having to sell these god-awful... Copper wire compression fittings on your for, for your body thing. The, the fact that that broke down, broke down, passed to his prime, to the point where he's almost irrelevant. Irrelevant. Brett Favre is starting a um, uh, no I, tackle football league.
0: For I can almost guarantee that. No, he's he's rich.
1: I I mean the guy's not hurting for money. Let's just let's make no mistake about that. Yeah, but.
0: But you also got to look at the basic fact of look at what George Foreman did. I mean, he did the whole uh, George Foreman grill. I mean, he's in the billions now because of that.
1: And to quote Lois Griffin from from Family Guy, doesn't this seem kind of tragic that George Foreman's out there selling grills, making millions of dollars, while Muhammad Ali can't even speak English anymore? I mean, granted, yes, I know Muhammad Ali is dead, but
0: well, you're absolutely right. You can't <laughs> speak English. So. Yeah. Anyways. Uh. <laughs> the, okay,
1: so. I, I love our dark
0: humans sometimes.
1: It is, yeah. Um, so are, are you done or you, you got more?
0: Uh, other than the, uh, Felipe Vasquez. Uh,
1: okay, so put a pin in that for real quick. Okay. All right, so on Saturday, um, the 14th, uh, which yeah saturday was the 14th so um tyler gilbert just gets called up and makes his major league debut to pitch for the arizona diamondbacks right they're playing against the san diego padres okay a year ago when the minor league season was canceled because of covid tyler gilbert 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 i cannot speak today Tyler Gilbert scotch 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 la 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 there we go was working as don't an electrician.
0: again we do that beforehand before we start the episode because that was just ridiculous scotch 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 scotch
1: anyways uh he was working we'll
0: do the whole Anchorman next time before we actually get on air so you don't have to do that
1: don't you question me I'm a man I'm an man. No, so there we go. <laughs> All right. So Tyler Gilbert was working as an electrician with his dad to make ends meet while he was throwing bullpen sessions in between just to kind of stay in shape. Yeah. Well, he gets called up Saturday night at chase field with the D or, you know, with the diamondbacks. He's a left-hander. He gets, uh, he gets called up he's making his debut, right? He's playing against the red hot as of late San Diego Padres, right? This kid, Goes out in his first big league start, and throws a no hitter. Oh wow! A seven to nothing victory over the Padres. Right? Uh, he allowed, That's an
0: underdog story. right I'm there. telling
1: you, right? He allowed three walks, all to lead off hitter uh, Tommy Pham, while striking out five and throwing 102 pitches. So, this is his first start in the major leagues. Nerves are through the roof, I'm sure. The fact that he was able to keep it at 102 pitches absolutely mind-blowing and the dude
0: don't they only go like uh well 70 pitches
1: in 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 the eight in the era of pitch counts yeah i mean they they generally tend to i mean if you're if you're an established starter and you know that you know and and you've demonstrated that you've got filthy stuff into the late innings they'll they'll let you hit that hundred you know hundred pitch mark but this guy it was his first start now to to be fair um Arizona is not going anywhere near the playoffs this year, period. I mean, their season is just horrible. They're not going to pull out uh,
0: the Oakland A's. Um,
1: No, I mean, there's something like 40-something games back of not only first place, but the wild card. So, yeah, they're done. They'd be lucky if they even get close to the 500 mark for the season. But um toy lovolo who was uh, he he was a uh, bench coach for boston a few years ago so he got a managerial job working in arizona um i mean it's uh i, I mean he he just astounding yeah I mean, this guy he lost for words apparently too comes in out of nowhere and his dad they, they kept showing his dad up in the stands and of course, I mean, rightfully so, his dad is just beside himself emotional. Right? Like, that's my boy out there. Toiling a no-hitter. Right? I mean, even if he had lost the no-hitter. Could you
0: imagine his dad doing a curly? Go.
1: <laughs> Shit. But, I mean, the kid's just 27 years old. He's only be- he, he, he's become only the fourth pitcher in Major League history to throw a no-hitter in his debut. Um, The last pitcher to do it was and this is the legitimate name, Bobo Holloman in 1953. Oh, wow. The other two happened before 1900. Damn. So we've got a kid playing in the modern era, makes his major league debut.
0: Well, also, if you think about it, look, he didn't stop practicing.
1: No, he he didn't. He stayed in shape, but – yeah. You know, it, it's just the fact that.
0: But you're going to that mindset of actually going to a big game and everything that you looked yeah. up at as a kid and everything. That's where you actually.
1: Yeah, and, and he's old enough to where you know, the Diamondbacks have been an established team. I mean, it was only the third no hitter in Diamondbacks history. The other two were it was a perfect game thrown by Randy Johnson in 2004, and the other and that one was against the Braves and Edwin Jackson no hit the Rays in 2010. But, but both were on the road. But Gilbert now, not only does he have the distinction of being one of only four pitchers to throw a no-hitter in his debut, but he became the first Diamondback pitcher to throw a perfect game at home. I mean, not a perfect game, but he threw a no-hitter at home. So, you know, and I'm just like sitting here going, think about the odds of that they just so na- astronomical. I mean, it's it's mind blowing. Um, there have been eight no hitters this season, okay, and uh, which I still think it's a it's a it's it's a crappy deal for Madison Bumgarner because he threw a no hitter over seven innings and it was a it was a complete game. But it was one of those doubleheader games where this year they shortened the doubleheaders to seven innings. But because it wasn't a complete nine-inning game, oh, Major yeah. League Baseball the, said, the yeah. The one
0: that you keep on talking about that ended the to
1: to stop. Yeah, okay. yeah. But um, what's funny <laughs> is that uh, Ken Rosenthal, he's a uh, reporter for Fox News, uh, Fox Sports, right? hmm uh-huh. When baseball started cracking down on sticky substances uh, for pitchers to—
0: Which I still don't understand how that's going to— give you kind of it it gives you it gives you
1: grip to where you can put more spin on the ball to where you can make your pitches move differently than it would be if you had a normal grip right he hours simply hours before game time Ken Rosenthal says now that we're past the era of sticky stuff or now now that we're done with all the sticky stuff scandal I think the era or the age of the no hitter is done
0: I seriously doubt that
1: yeah, I, I I doubt it too because I mean, if if you look at it, even from from a passive standpoint, say somebody like yourself who who doesn't necessarily watch a lot of sports, let alone baseball, the the, the law of averages is going to catch up with you. I mean, it's just like it's like driving a car. The law of averages is going to catch up with you eventually, and you're going to get into a fender bender at least once or twice in your life, you know. Whether they're your fault or not, it's, it's 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 all about averages.
0: Oh wow! Well, actually, we have actual breaking news right now, and it just happened like twelve minutes ago. Yeah, what's up? Uh, Tim Tebow released by the Jaguars, in his tight experimental. That I'm grateful for the chance.
1: Yeah, I saw that um, when we were at work earlier today. I was kind of mad about it because I, I took the time to order a Tim Tebow jersey to wear to the Cowboys game this the, at the end of the month. Oh, that sucks! And now he's not even freaking be there I'm like are you kidding me right now And it's like okay why? what was the point of even bringing him in you know bringing him in having him change positions with no intention of signing him I mean are you kidding me I mean the guy's been playing baseball for the last two three years and you're expecting him to come in and be in football shape I'm like okay those are two different sets of muscle groups two different skill sets and then it's like, "Oh, okay. Well, you had one gant, bad game of, uh, of blocking, and the the one time that he was targeted for a throw, his teammate came over and stole the damn pass." So yeah, um, I'm still a Tim Tebow believer. Uh, I think that the kid, uh, kid, I think the guy is gonna he's gonna land on his feet. And he's gonna have a job somewhere. But uh, you know what? Screw it. I'm still gonna wear the damn jersey. There you go. And I don't care, just because I can't bring it on. Um, I can't bring myself to wear a Cowboys jersey. I just can't do it. Uh,
0: I wear it when I was young, but after I mean, that, um, I got all of the. Uh, my girlfriend space and made. her
1: sister—they're going to wear their little. They're going to wear their Cowboys jerseys, and that's fine. That's all. That's that's up to them. You know, they they do them, and that's good, great, awesome, great. You know. I wonder how
0: much they actually made because. People buying Tim Tebow jerseys that actually like him. If I he, he's just a wonderful guy. I don't know why that. I mean, just just looking at all of his stuff that he does for charities and everything like that, it's just remarkable. Hey, he's one of the one one, one of the <laughs> few people that I wouldn't mind uh, having to sit down to chat with.
1: So the top 8 jerseys starting at number 8 as in order of sales for the NFL. Number 8, Justin Herbert. Number 7, Najee Harris. Number 6, Russell Wilson, who's quarterback for the Seahawks. Number 5, Tom Brady. Number 4, Trevor Lawrence, quarterback for the Jaguars. Number 3, Aaron Rodgers. Number 2, Justin Fields. Number 1 selling jersey before the season starts. Tim Tebow. Really? Yeah. Wow.
0: I'd kept on him on the team just for the namesake, man.
1: I mean, I don't know. I I I honestly think if he doesn't land somewhere else,
0: someone's gonna sign him just for that.
1: See, the they, the problem with signing him is a publicity stunt is they're going to want to see him play. Well, yeah, they're going to want to see him play. And I'm not saying that the guy's without skill. He's got skill, obviously. The guy won a Heisman Trophy. He won two national championships at, you know, as a collegiate player. And, you know, it just... I, I
0: You're lost for words again.
1: I would yeah I am cuz I mean if I was a general manager of an of an NFL team I'd just just for the sake of having this guy in the locker room I mean yeah. he, he, he doesn't even have to start sign him to a contract and he doesn't have to start he could be like your third string tight end who cares have the guy in the locker room the guy can be a leader he's going to eventually see playing time He's going to get those reps. Sign him to a damn practice squad. I don't care. Get this guy in a uniform. Put him on the field. You know, just, just keep this guy employed. Because whether or not the NFL chooses to acknowledge it, they need people like Tim Tebow, people with actual convictions that are going to stand by their faith and they're going to do the things that they say that they're going to do. And they're going to do it with without the public perception in mind. They're going to do it because they feel convicted to do it.
0: Yeah. Well, last but not least is the dark part of our uh, show. The reason why I say a dark part, ex-Padre's closer, Felipe Vasquez, gets two to four years in prison after sexually assaulting a 13-year-old girl. Which, in my opinion... Burn him. I don't think two to four years is good enough. I mean money does get you a little bit better uh, lawyers and everything, but he was charged with over 20 felonies and was denied bail, and he only gets two to four years. It's <laughs> it's stupid ridiculous. One, uh, if you've actually followed the show and everything and you know my opinion about uh, people that does pedophilia and well they will never find the grave in my opinion i would make sure that grave is very hidden yeah and you are a better part of the world only because you're going to be
1: fertilizer (laughs) exactly it's just uh, it's it's stupid
0: ridiculous uh but he was only found guilty of 15 counts in May, uh, including 10 counts of sexual abuse of a child, 2 counts of unlawful contact with a minor, and 1 count each of solitary sexual assault and decency. And Indecency, yeah. There you go. Uh, sexual assault and corruption of a minor. I mean, just... This is what gets me on, on stuff like this. It's... Stuff like this, that little girl is going to be traumatized for the rest of her life, and by the time that she gets out of high school, he's going to be back, uh, back trying to get in a life or some shit like that. Some some of them are repeat offenders. So actually, I think it's like eighty-five percent of repeat offenders. Right? right. Very high numbers for that stuff. But it's just ridiculous how le- uh how how much time they didn't they don't get. It's I really hate
1: pedophiles. Yeah, I mean guys like that, dude, they're they're just uh shit pumps. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even no No, shit pump is is above too, him. Yeah, yeah, that's too, too good. Too, too good, good. good of a word, yeah.
0: Like I said, i I think more monsters. People like that are just monsters.
1: They're just horrible, horrible monsters that shouldn't... Do you, do you, do you think the word fuck-knuckle, or fu- fuck-knuckle, would, would be applicable here? I'm going with back-of-dicks. Back-of-dicks? Because well, he's going to see a lot of that. In oh,
0: yeah. Oh, they do not. Uh, the There is one guy that, when I was working corrections, uh, that he uh, sexually assaulted a girl, and... He is now effectively mentally challenged because they beat the shit out of him to the point to where he was, uh, his brain injuries are so uh, so intense that he's mentally challenged now, which I,
1: I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that, and they call him uh, Chomo's in prison.
1: Yep, Chomo's.
0: But they're really other than the fill and dreams thing. Uh, oh, uh, there was another thing I was going to talk about is uh, Kevin Costner did show up for the fill uh, uh, and fill uh, of dreams. He but he only made like a quick appearance. He was like, "I'm out here. Okay, bye guys, let's go."
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. He. Uh I don't. Th- yeah, I, yeah, you're right. I, I, I didn't think he stuck around too long.
0: No, I think <clears throat> it's so sad that I come up with like uh, stuff on that and then we have to research it. So we're not talking for the next couple of minutes, which we got to stop that somehow. we got to, <laughs> but I end up saying some ridiculous things and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Well, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: just <think> that's funny. <laughs> we're just like, what do we do with, with our hands? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how I usually,
0: usually, uh, uh, No, he, he stayed uh, a little bit longer than I was talking. Uh, but another thing that people are having troubles with, and and this is all over right now, and it, it's, uh, I mean, Ross Patterson, uh, the host of Drinking Bros, where I got most of my information from because mm-hmm. he did an interview with uh, Brown uh, on the field but they can only do. It was really strange. They got uh, they got a chance to do uh, interviews, but they couldn't. They got to do it on the field. Yeah. They don't have any pictures of that only because of Fox owns the rights. Yeah. So they couldn't do. It. Uh, he can't do a video show, but they do the audio show only. Right. But it, it was a good. It was a good heartfelt because he actually brought his dad too, which. It's something for filled the dreams people i mean i've even seen the movie i i love the movie and the whole uh factor of the uh, reconnecting with your father i mean even brown was saying it's like every they grown men has broken down crying in front of me because of this movie yeah and it, it's one of those movies that if you want to unless unless you're dad's like a shit pump but if if you have a if you want to reconnect with your father and everything that, that movie will reconnect with you and everything but now he, he stayed for a little bit more time but another thing that people are having problems right now with is uh, uh, the plane ride cause Ross's wife was supposed to go but the uh, plane kept on getting delayed, and delayed. He ended up getting on a plane at like at four o'clock in the morning. Right. So, but other than sp- that, in the sports news, we really don't have anything else on that, uh, unless something else comes up that we. I don't, I'm not. I'm not saying anything like that. Pops out.
1: Yeah, I'm not seeing anything like that either. But um. Um. Yeah, I mean, nothing real big. Uh, preseason week one went down last weekend for the NFL. Uh, I really don't want to break down a lot of preseason stuff just because a lot of the names that you're going to see in those box scores, they're just not going to be there next week. No. Yeah. So Case in point, Tim Tebow, but
0: um, <clears throat> most of our new, uh, NFL news would probably be next week uh, because that's when the actual season actually begins.
1: Well, no, not next week. No, it's in September when it starts. Is it? Yeah. Because the game that I'm going to is the last preseason game.
0: Oh. Which is going to be September 10th?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And ends on January 3rd. That's one thing I like about football. It's really fast but in closing notes i'm david dickerman i'm johnny skelton and this is nerd sports keep it classy san diego